Alrighty, guys, thank you for that care update. We'll talk to you a little bit more coming up later in our second hour. Right now, it's time for our community segment of the day. We've got Thomas Watson joining us, our enterprise fleet expert, and of course, host of Loaded and Rolling. Thomas, hot topic of pretty much the last kind of month has been used truck prices. Finally starting to see a little bit of that bubble burst, but really only in those high mileage, older model used trucks, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on? Definitely. The bubble has been bursting. And what's interesting with this data is that for two, for three-year-old trucks and some of the ones that you would consider prime buying for smaller fleets, the miles put on them have doubled. Mm -hmm. Typically, we'd see around 90,000 miles, and that would be in the money I'm going to go buy at 90,000. It's like buying a used car. You don't want a high mileage. Well, the past three years, the vehicles that are being sold uh, either at retail or auction are around 170, even 185,000 miles. Like double standard miles. Double the standard miles. Now, this poses a problem because you would assume that if I'm buying a truck, I have this weird situation where do I need to wait and try to buy a new one, which is about 20% off 2018 levels. So Mm -hmm. dues come down. Or do I need to still try and buy a used one but I'm getting a higher mileage truck, but it's half off. Mm-hmm. So with this, we're kind of in that weird cycle point, right? Because as you mentioned, new truck prices are actually starting to fall as well, but we're still seeing OEMs really fight through that backlog of orders that they have. This is leading to a lot of these enterprise fleets, a lot of these peeps that have the money to get rid of those trucks that they've been holding on to longer throughout the COVID pandemic. So you mentioned higher mileage, not as desirable. Are we going to be seeing more of those kicked into the used truck cycle now? Definitely. And the reason is because when you typically see fleets buy, 42% of fleets that uh, are purchasing are usually over 100 trucks. Mm -hmm. So when we see these buying behaviors, it typically means that larger fleets are able to make the purchases. They're the ones behind the wheel, so to speak, of, of new orders. And what that means for the future Two things. One, we are at the cycle bottom. The weird part about it, there's a cool graphic by ACT Research they released that showed what to expect where you're at. It's like the wheel of time, but it's the wheel of freight time. And we're at the bottom part. But the normal thing that we typically see with symptoms, the the freight doctor, I guess we could say, is that uh, low rates, typical, too much capacity, not enough freight. These are all the hallmarks. But a weird one is class A truck orders. We normally see lower orders during the down cycle. What's unique over the past two years, because they haven't been able to purchase and replace their trucks, we're continuing to see a situation where the cycle is being followed with rates, but it's not being followed by truck orders. And so there's expectations. You know, what do we look at from here? Wait till the fall. See if they put more orders on the order books for 2024. But right now it's still going strong, which is unusual given the typical circumstances. So this asynchronous cycle that we're in, right? As you mentioned, we're in that freight bottom, but we're not necessarily in the truck buying bottom. Do you think that that poses a significant risk to those small fleets and to those companies who are maybe really relying on the turnover of that equipment? And are we looking at possibly seeing that happen in either violations or accidents or things that could be prevented if you are replacing your equipment regularly? The risks are definitely there. Just because if you buy a lemon, we had a joke back even when we bought new trucks, you could buy a thousand Cascadias and Mm -hmm. it's just part of life. One would just not work. You don't know why, because when you build them, there's tolerances and parts and anyone makes them. So this happens. But the risk involves that if I'm a fleet that can't afford it, 
trucks are half off. So I'm like, man, I'm going to buy me another truck. This is a great idea. But like going to a used car dealership, instead of going to the actual dealership and buying new, you're going to like that buy money, pay less, you know, smaller car dealership. You don't know how much work they did. Did they replace it? Is the equipment still in good shape? I'm buying a 180,000 mile, three-year-old used truck. I should be around 90,000 miles. I'm, I'm a little worried because when you double the amount of miles on the vehicle, things will go out. And if you're a seller, you don't really want to fix it all. I'll, I'll give you an example. I sold, when I bought me a new car, we put some work in it and the folks at Uptake had a great point. The reason the AI is so useful is once you identify one or two parts that fail, the rest do. Kid you not, we go to the dealership a month later and they said, man, you got so lucky. Why is that? Well, when you traded in your car to get another one, we drove it out back and when we tried to drive it after repairing it, it completely broke down and bricked. Mm. They had to send it to wholesale. They could even put it on the lot to resell it. The same thing applies for used trucks. Mm -hmm. What we don't know is, because there's so many of them, there's a high risk that when you buy them, you may get burned. Absolutely. I think about like that scene from Matilda. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie yeah. Matilda. She like her dad like winds back the car odometer. You know, he's a used car salesman. Like, is that something? You know, it's it's that same type of premise. Thomas, we mentioned this cycle a little bit, and we heard John Kingston talk about it earlier. Again, he talked about kind of being asynchronous and kind of out of whack a little bit. That maybe we are hitting that bottom as far as it goes from the actual truckload rate space, but not necessarily from the full effects yet. Is that what you're seeing as well? Completely. It's weird right now because this is not a freight volume problem. Mm -hmm. Volumes have returned. So we, we rule that out. This is a truckload too much supply, too much capacity driven problem. And the problem is we have great data on rates. We have data on volumes. I know what comes down. I don't know very well, and I don't think any organization does, not even, you know, the FMCSA who has uh, the data in terms of who's giving revocations. No one knows how many owner-operators it takes. It's like, how many looks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Well, how many owner-operators does it take to get to the center of the down market? We don't know. And it's a marginal thing. So you're going to ask me, well, maybe we need to lose 10,000. Uh, the problem is, since spot is on the very tail end of most freight, we need the waterfall through your freight, that very small 30%, it doesn't take a lot of owner-operators to leave the market. Now, the good news is we're at the bottom of the bottom personal opinion, because rates have plateaued. We saw it by some people. But at the end of the day, the biggest challenge is how many owner-operators and fleets will have to exit the market before it moves meaningfully? And we just don't know. It lasts all the way through Christmas. Awesome, Thomas. Well, thank you for being here. It's going to be an interesting cycle to continue to watch. And of course, you can follow all of our coverage here on Freight Waves. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with our next check of weather, so don't go away.